and Soul Podcast. I'm grateful you are tuning in today. I'm Shauna Hall, a self-love and mindset coach, teaching you how to align your life through mindset shifts, spirituality, and manifestation. Each week, I'll be giving you tips designed to help you create a passionate, purposeful, high-vibe reality that you love. If you're ready to align your glow, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I have a fabulous guest, Jennifer Lane, who is a licensed physical therapist in Colorado. She's the owner of physical therapy at Holistic PT. She's a pelvic floor PT specialist, a certified Pilates instructor, a mom of two twin 17-year-old boys, and has over 20 years of experience as a physical therapist, 10 years of that being focused on pelvic floor. Today, you're going to learn so many great things, but this is going to be a great episode if you are an athlete, a mom, wanting to be a mom, a woman, a person. (laughs) We're going to go over so many great resources that you can use if you are looking to improve some areas in your health. And specifically, if you've ever thought to yourself, oh, I wish I knew that when I was pregnant. This is going to be a great episode for you. Or if you're looking to actually enjoy your pregnancy and your labor, we're going to talk about some resources that Jen has that you can look at that will really help you be in flow if you're pregnant or looking to get pregnant. And then finally, if you have the mindset of, oh, well, when it comes to not being able to move your body in the same way prior to having a baby due to either pain or occasional leakage, then this is also going to be a great episode for you. And again, just filled with so much knowledge. So let's get to it and enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. So excited today. We are going to talk about all things PT, pelvic floor health, and I've got the owner of physical therapy at Holistic PT, Jen Lane. So thank you, Jen, for being on today. So glad to be here. So my first question for all my guests, and then we'll get into all of the wonderful knowledge that you have, is how do you align your glow and soul? Oh, that's such a great question. That's a starting right into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I, and I, I hope I'm answering this question right. I think for me, um, where I align, um, myself with everyone is just a, just a different level of connection. You know, I think I'm so lucky as a physical therapist, I get to touch people and, um, I touch people all day and it's really such, um, a deeper connection. And I feel like I utilize this intuition and intuitive healing touch to really know people on so many different levels and really getting to, help them. I think you help people so much more when you can connect with them and they feel comfortable. So I think where I feel like my energetically, where I am is that I feel like I'm able to connect on such a different level than, um, professionally or in a clinical setting. Um, there's an instant connection and I feel like I can really utilize that. And, you know, I, I try to teach my kids the same thing, um, is to really connect and what do they feel? And, um, how, how, how do being around certain people make them feel and to like work with that, you know? So I think it's listening to your intuition, not, um, ignoring it and just, um, letting that guide you. 
Oh, that was great. And I think that just aligns with your profession in so many different layers. So I love that. And then tell us a little bit about, you know, why did you get into the PT world? Why do you focus yeah. on kind of the major things that you focus on? Sure. And um, just a little bit about kind of your journey into this present moment. Yeah. yeah so I am. Um... I've lived out in Colorado since 97 and, um, had no idea really what direction I was going in at that point and, um, ended up having to have some physical therapy for myself for, you know, just having an active lifestyle. And I, it, I just really clicked with me. So I ended up going into school for PT out here and really took a much more orthopedic approach to things. Um, being an athlete, being active, that was just really the path. I, that I was led down. And then as years passed, I wanted to, and I became a mom, my kids, I have twins and they're 17 now. Um, but just as I think all healthcare providers, as they make their own journey with their own bodies or their own health, it really guides them where their next step is. And so I think as I went through my pregnancy and childbirth and saw the, you know, the the issues that I was dealing with before and after it just seemed like such a natural progression to switch focus into pelvic floor PT. I'm a certified Pilates instructor. So always talking about the core and breath and, and it all just seemed to match up so well with the needs of, you know, so many women, um, you know, pregnancy and postpartum at any point that are struggling with things. So I think I just let my own needs and, um, um, need to learn about my own body really kind of guide me professionally to this level. And so I've been doing pelvic floor PT for 10 years or so now. Um, so of my 20 years of practicing PT, I've been dedicating more and more of my time to pelvic floor PT because it also feels like it's a place that I can really help people, you know, like it's, it's not what everybody does. Um, I think a lot of women, we were talking about this earlier, I think a lot of women really could benefit from it. And, um, and so I just want to be out there trying to educate people and get them, you know, living their life again, you know? Oh, I love that. And I think it's so great to meet individuals who have that passion for what they do. And, oh, it's so awesome to see it because when you love what you do, it's not work, right? It's Yes, it is work, obviously, right? You need to make money and all that, but it's more of, you know, a joy. And as you said, you get to do the things that bring you kind of that inner fulfillment versus, oh, I've got to go to work today and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I get to do that even more with it being my own business, you know, so I can, um, you know, set my, my pace, set my schedule, see who I want to see, work with who I want to work with. And, and it's just been really rewarding. Mm, I love that. So we'll just jump right into kind of your specialties and all the kind of various modalities that you use. So one of the things I saw on your website is you do just so many things. It's so cool. First of all, that, you know, you you focus on just so many different various things, but um, we'll just kind of start with, I've got so many topics, um, <laughs> non-pregnancy related stuff. So Okay. I saw you do dry needling, which I've heard amazing things about. Um, yeah. Who's that for? And what are some benefits to using that? 
Sure. Yeah. Dry needling. I kind of came late to that and I wish I had learned it years ago because it's, it's just like, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit sometimes when I use it because it's so effective. I don't have to work so hard and it saves my hands, you know, like again, 20 years in, I'm, I learned things that like make my job effective, but easier for me. So dry needling is, is not acupuncture, but we use the same needles and it's called a dry needle because they're, they're solid. And so like a hypodermic needle is a wet needle and they're hollow and they hold fluid. So that's the difference. That's what a dry needle is. It's just that they're a filament, they're, they're solid and there's no liquid in it. Um, it is used to access muscles at a deeper level. Um, it can help, um, activate, stimulate, calm down the nervous system. So it has, um, almost like a, it acts almost as a reset button. I'm trying to keep it, simplify it so <laughs> that it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good research that we do on it. The muscle reset, it's a nervous system reset. Um, it helps um, downregulate the system if needed. It helps re-engage muscles um, that are not working well. It helps relax muscles that are too tight. So it's just a nice way to access the skeletal, musculoskeletal system um, as well as the nervous system. Um, it is for anyone and everyone. Um, we don't dry needle in the first um, trimester of pregnancy. We don't dry needle, anyone who has, um, an act, a diagnosis of active cancer, unless it's been, you know, authorized or, um, directed by a doctor. Um, we just don't want to anyone on blood thinners, um, things like that. But for the general, I use it for a lot of my clientele, as long as they don't have some horrible fear of needles, it's just so effective. Um, and they get such, so much um, relief out of it. That's great. Is it you can it be used for people who suffer from chronic pain or is it mainly yeah. for acute injuries? No, it's good for it. It, it, um, breaks a lot of that kind of chronic pain issues up. So our bodies kind of wrap themselves around chronic pain and don't let go of whatever is going wrong in the system. And you just get locked into that chronic pain world. So this can disrupt that cycle of chronic pain. Um, yeah. So I think the big the, the orthopedic issues, you know, tendonitis, muscle strains, lots of back issues, neck issues, headaches are mm. great. Um, anything like that, pulled muscles, strains, any, any of the soft tissue issues that you can think of that we um, struggle with. It's great post-surgically um, to get muscles back online and working again. Um, yeah. Awesome. I've never done it, but yeah. if I need to, it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, How many and use- it's also, yeah. I mean, you can use it. I use it in public floor PT too. It's, oh, yeah. So it's, um, it can be used directly on the public floor muscles, um, to help strengthen them or to reduce tension in them. And it can actually be used in some ways to, um, reduce overactive bladder. Um, and, and there's, some really great techniques that really, again, tap into the nervous system and, um, help, um, downregulate things. So overactive bladder, a lot of urinary urgency. There's a lot of really lovely, easy techniques that work on both men and women to help them with bladder issues. That I do not know either. That's really cool. So yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. 
I'll just switch over to, since you mentioned it, kind of that pelvic floor specialty of yours. What is the need for pelvic floor therapy? Sure. Yeah, that's that's a broad question. Yes. (laughs) A broad question. Yeah. So I think, so I think the the pelvic floor is, I'm going to oversimplify this, but like it's, it's three layers of muscles and those muscles are not specialized. They're just like your bicep. You can bend your elbow and contract your bicep. You can uh, straighten your elbow and lengthen your bicep. That's just a contractile muscle. Same thing with the pelvic floor muscles. They contract and they relax. They contract so we don't leak urine or gas. They, they support our organs. They're good for sexual function and pleasure, but they also need to relax so you can empty your bowel and bladder and so that you can deliver babies. So we a lot of times think that pelvic floor muscles need to be really tight, tight, tighter is better. And, but I would say that, oh gosh, 75% of my clientele um, with pelvic floor issues, it's stemming from over tightness of the pelvic floor muscles for men and women. So like men can deal with, um, urinary, um, retention, um, urinary incontinence issues, um, sexual dysfunction, pain, um, women, um, same thing, a lot of, um, bladder issues, like incontinence, leaking urgency, constipation, like constipation can stem from your pelvic floor being too tight. Um, so it's really like if we, and so the question, you know, we don't think about our pelvic floor cause we don't see it on a regular basis. We're not talking about it. We're not exercising it. We're not looking at it in a mirror We're not, we want it to work. And we have an expectation that it's just going to work for us. Mm-hmm. And when it starts not working, um, everyone thinks they're like, you know, have a horrible disease or they're like, you know, why, why do I have pain down here? What am I feeling? Why does this feel so wrong? And they jump to these horrible conclusions. And it's really, it's just a muscular dysfunction. Uh, again, I'm oversimplifying, but so it's just, we got to just think of it as muscles, but they're muscles that we just ignore on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, I, I, I spend most of my time with pelvic floor patients, um, educating them and just tuning them in. Do you feel this? Do you feel that? Did you know this? Did you know this is the job? And once people are armed with the knowledge about their pelvic floors and what they do, and it's not the scary thing, it's nothing fancy. Um, a lot of their stuff resolves. Um, so it's really, it's pretty great. Like knowledge really goes along way on the rehab part of this is there so kind of switching more toward women focused and um pregnancy yeah. and all that good stuff so if somebody is you know planning to get pregnant or is already pregnant or maybe it's postpartum um and they're not sure if pelvic floor strengthening or pelvic floor work could benefit them what would you say to them yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everyone postpartum should have at least a pelvic floor PT visit. Um, I posted this on Instagram, but in France, every, um, woman who has delivered a baby, um, has automatic pelvic floor PT sessions. The idea is, is that the pelvic floor and the vaginal canal, um, go through, um, goes through a lot of trauma, um, 
through childbirth, especially a vaginal delivery, but so same with C-section, I mean, different, but trauma there too. And so it might all heal just fine. I mean, I think we've all pulled a muscle or sprained an ankle and it heals sometimes and other times it doesn't heal properly. So I think having a little guidance, really giving people feedback on, do you know how to contract your pelvic floor muscles and do you know how to relax them? And that's again, one of those little nuggets that if people can get the feedback from me, um, from a, an exam, oh, that's what it feels like to contract. Oh, that's what it feels like to relax. Then a lot of the other stuff just goes away and clears up. You mentioned that people often come in because their pelvic floor is just too tight. So is that yeah. because they're um, not, they don't know how to relax it. They don't know like <clears throat> that they're yeah. tightening it. Right. I think, I mean, we can develop a lot of tightness in our pelvic floor, um, athletes, runner, women who are runners, um, high impact sports, all that pounding down, um, the pelvic floor supports our organs, you know, so our bladder and our uterus and our rectum all sit on the pelvic floor essentially. And so if you're hitting the ground, uh, repeatedly with high impact, you're putting a lot of downward pressure on the pelvic floor. And so it will tighten in response. It's working Mm. harder to support everything. People who are overweight, people who are pregnant have to support more. So the pelvic floor will tighten down to help, um, support the, the growing uterus, but it can also be behavioral. It can be bad habits. It can be people who, um, hold their urine too long, who don't like sitting on public, um, toilets. And so they hover, um, people who, um, oh, you know, develop bad habits around, you know, and are constipated. I mean, there's all, all those things can lead to tightness. Tightness can look like incontinence and weakness as well as pain or other issues. So it's not that it's weak and loose. It could be weak and tight. And that's usually the combo. Hmm. Interesting. You said so many things. I was like, huh. Okay. Good to know. I know. I know. I'm kind of throwing a lot at you all at once. You can always interrupt me. No, I get really excited about all this information. So I'm like, I'm just going to say it all. I love it. (laughs) So if somebody's an athlete, um, and I guess, sorry, switching here, just because you mentioned that I'm a runner. Um, I know a lot of runner friends. So somebody who is a, um, we'll say non-professional, right? Because most people are not professional athletes, but they're, especially in Colorado, people are active. They're out and about, um, and most people, you know, are either hiking or biking or running or skiing or anything like that. What are some things to be aware of to prevent injury or straining in the pelvic floor? Yeah. So I think, um, stretching, you know, like I think, um, if someone is struggling with knee pain or hip pain or whatever, and they're runners, you know, I can, they get hip stretches, they get quad stretches, hamstring stretches, you know, whatever it might be. We should all, I mean, I'm not always good at this, but we should in theory be warming up before we go out for a run and we should be cooling down with some stretches when we're done. And, um, you can do the same thing for the pelvic floor. So, um, relaxing and stretching the pelvic floor can be done through some deep breathing, big inhales and almost kind of bulging downward. Like as if you were going to push out a little bit of pee or a little gas that's stretching the pelvic floor, 
you can sit into child's pose or into like a malasana squat and stretch kind of the inner thighs and deep breathe. So there's a lot of ways that pelvic floor PTs can teach people how to really stretch after a run. So you're releasing some of that tension, like the tension's good. It's serving a purpose, but then we want it to let go after we're done. And I actually, um, I know you'll post this, but like on my Instagram page, I post some videos and talk about stretches and demonstrate them. So you can really see what that looks like. Um, so if anyone is more of a visual learner, that's for sure a resource for you. Okay. Awesome. Love that. And I think as a runner, I do not stretch enough. And so yeah, yes. I don't either. <laughs> Why is that? Why do we not? We, like we know, know we should, but we don't. I know. I know. Yeah. So I do try to at minimally do like, um, if I come in and I sit down and I'm drinking some water, I might just try to sit back into child's pose and do like 10 deep breaths. I might just, um, get into like a butterfly stretch. Like, so again, inner thigh and just do a few deep breaths, really, um, letting go of any tension in my belly and just taking some deep breaths. The pelvic floor moves in conjunction in unison with the diaphragm. So as we inhale the diaphragm lengthens and drops, so does the pelvic floor. And as we exhale and the, and the diaphragm comes back up, so does the pelvic floor. So if you're not necessarily feeling your pelvic floor moving up and down, if you can feel how your belly is expanding and falling, then that's a great place to start and focus on. And then your pelvic floor will, will catch on and start doing it too. Okay. Yeah. I keep hearing from people. Breath work is just like the key to everything. So we'll just add right. that to the breath work benefits. One more thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The diaphragm is part of our core muscles. Um, and I think we forget it as a, like a true muscle, but, um, the diaphragm is the, the roof of the core, the pelvic floor is the floor. And then we have this kind of wrapping around of abdominal muscles that makes this core canister. And so, yeah, the diaphragm is key and that's, you know, for, um, the first exercise I give all women pregnant, postpartum at any point is diaphragmatic breathing because it just starts tuning them in inward, you know, to their breath and their body and their core. Everyone, you know, I say, pull it, you know, activate your core muscles and that, you know, who knows what someone's going to do if I say that, but everyone gets this like deep breathing, you know, inhale, expand your belly, relax it, exhale, pull it in and everyone can do that. And then you're engaging your core muscles, which is a great start. Yeah. I would, when people say that, I'm like, I mean, I don't have a six pack, so how am I supposed to activate these muscles? So, <laughs> so let's switch. Cause you've got some great content and great focus on labor, delivery, postpartum, all that kind of, well, the uh, journey of, of, you know, childbearing. So yeah. Um, you've got a course called worry-free labor and delivery, which is, I believe a free yeah. course you offer. So what does that entail? Why should people take it if they're going to have, if they're going to have a baby? Yeah. So, and, and thank you. I, I have a, a ton of free resources. The worry-free labor and delivery is one of my paid courses, but it's, okay. it's less than a PT copay. I will tell you that much. So it's, I try to make it very accessible and affordable, but essentially I think, and this is the conversation I have with women in my clinic and they all go, oh, gosh, I wish I knew this 
<laughs> when I was pregnant. Would, would I be dealing with this now if I knew then what I know now? And I'm like, probably not, you know, like if we, but I think that the problem is, is that we don't want to think about all these things while we're pregnant, while we're like, we're pregnant we're so excited to have this baby and you're I mean I enjoyed pregnancy I enjoyed being pregnant maybe I'm just forgetting but I really (laughs) did enjoy it and um I didn't want to be worrying about like what if I tear what if I leak urine what if I you know have you know what if something goes wrong I was really kind of in the moment of enjoying it and but I the worry-free labor and delivery is a course it's about an hour and it's chock full of education. So I think it's um, getting yourself prepared with um, education about what, what happens to the pelvic floor and the vaginal canal during labor and delivery. It gives tips on proper pushing to uh, avoid or reduce the, um, trauma to the pelvic floor through tearing. Um, it goes through breathing techniques. It goes through techniques of perineal massage to start loosening and lengthening the pelvic floor muscles. The pelvic floor muscles do not deliver your baby. Uterine contractions deliver baby. The pelvic floor muscles need to relax and lengthen and get out of the way. Um, so learning. And so that's what I go over in that class is like, this is your body. These are what the muscles are doing. Um, here are some tips and tricks and, and stretches and exercises that you can do in preparation for the big day. And I, I had a lady just take the class and she said, um, that the breathing was key. Like she just felt like learning some of the breathing techniques was just the best thing. And her, she said her whole L and D staff was like blown away by how well, she was able to deliver her baby. So I thought that was awesome. I mean, the, the thing is that tearing, you know, tearing during childbirth um, happens in about 80% of women. And it's pretty, I mean, it's common. It's pr- really common. But what we want to avoid are the really bad tears that lead to a lot of pretty serious issues down the road. Um, so having a a minor tear with a couple stitches, pretty darn normal, but it's when it starts really getting um, more advanced than that, grade three and grade four, where there's tears all the way back to the rectum, which is, you know, leads to incontinence, fecal and urinary incontinence, pelvic pain, um, organ prolapse, like all these just things that these are the women who are going to be in therapy or surgery for the rest of their lives, struggling with those things. And so why don't we try to avoid it in the first place? So that's kind of where that class was yes born out to of. everything to that. Right. Nobody wants right. to endure that yeah. at all. <laughs> no, but it's hard because it's people, they just, you know, I, it's like, I want people to like embrace this knowledge and like have it and own it. But I also know that they don't really want to like sit in the, like the what ifs of what if I tear and what if I this? And so I think it's designed to give you, to empower women to, with knowledge and some, some good skills, I think really pretty easy to use. So that's my goal is that people 
will feel like they they have better they're better prepared for labor and delivery. Okay, love that. Such a great resource. I was telling you earlier, you know, I took medical coding and when I was learning about the tears, the different grades of tears, because there's quite a few and there's a different code for each one when you're coding. And after that, I was totally traumatized. So I was like, oh my God, I never want to have a vaginal birth. This sounds absolutely horrible and so freaking scary. Um, so, right. you know, mama's out there to be, educate yourself, take the course yeah. and just, you know, if you know, you oh, can prevent yeah. it, why not? You know, an hour invested in your time versus hours and hours of post-traumatic situations, as you said, surgeries, PT. I mean, I think the investment is outweighs the, you know, um, I agree. I agree. And the, I guess the, the result would be that you felt like, um, it all went just really well, you know, right? (laughs) like, so that's, it's, it's really about like, I think we think when we, when we're talking about the pelvic floor, I think everyone thinks the answer is kegels. Yeah. I was going to ask you about um, that. That seems to be like the common floor contraction. Yeah, and I'm like, well, what is that? That's, yeah. But don't do it. Don't do kegels while you're pregnant. Like just, just don't worry about it. You know, you might leak urine while you're pregnant because the baby is sitting right on your bladder. I mean, that's, it's fine. Um, you can do gentle contractions, but that's not, you shouldn't be doing a thousand a day. You should be working on lengthening and stretching and breathing and, and all of those things to make the muscles understand how to lengthen instead of just holding onto this tension. So what are some daily practices a pregnant woman can integrate just maybe a few minutes a day, or even if it's longer, but just to help with that process, as you just said. Sure. I think something easy to do would be, um, you know, getting into like a child's pose position. Um, you can use an exercise ball to do that, or like an ottoman or some pillows and really allowing the belly to relax and to um, feel heavy and then doing some deep breathing. It's best to do it on an empty bladder and really thinking, can I relax? So I get the sensation that if I had to pee, I'd be peeing right now. Or if I had to pass gas, I'd be passing gas right now. That I think is like just the simplest way to tune into breath, tune into relaxing, tuning into the pelvic floor. Um, I think beyond. So I think that would be like just something easy to do. I also think it can be powerful to, um, set mantras or some, some beliefs around, um, how you want, you know, how you feel about your body, you know, your, your body is beautiful. It can, my body can deliver a baby. It, it's, it knows what it, it's, to, my body knows what to do. You know, I think is like just the, the, ultimate mantra around labor and delivery. My body knows what to do and you really just need to get out of the way of it. You know, like we like over-medicalize things and we want to, you know, have all these things, but like our body knows what to do. Listen to your body. I listen to my body and my body knows what to do. Oh, that that is great. Right. And I love Um, your body's telling you what it needs and, and we just don't listen. Mm. Yeah. And that's with everything. I mean, that's a whole nother, we could talk about that forever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about, and I'm not going to say the proper term because you can say it for me. So I know how to say it, but the abdominal splitting that women often, um, see post delivery. 
Yeah. Um, diastasis recti. You can say Thank diastasis, you. however <laughs> you want to say it. Diastasis recti. Yeah. So the diastasis recti is the splitting of the abdominal line, the vertical, um, that's at least two fingers, um, wide. So, um, 60% of women have a diastasis recti, um, during and after pregnancy, but most of them resolve spontaneously within the first eight weeks. Um, it's when they don't resolve past that point and they are wider than two fingers that it's good to have that checked out and worked on. Um, surgery is not required. I think this is, um, one of those horrible things about healthcare and the medical system is, um, the splitting of the abdominal wall is not considered, um, medically necessary to have a surgery to repair it. Um, it is called, it's considered cosmetic. Um, but if the split is bad enough that your intestines herniate, then it is, it warrants, um, it's medically necessary to have a surgery. So otherwise us having our abdominal muscles rip apart from each other is just a cosmetic problem. I, it just drives me nuts that yeah, like, that's here's this big issue um, because it disrupts your core. I mean, going back to the core, if the muscles split apart from each other, this is where people long-term women long-term deal with chronic back issues, chronic hip issues, chronic digestive issues. We need that canister. We need the, that wall, the abdominal wall to be together. So we have the, we have the right support and pressure, um, so that we are, um, digestive system works right. Our urinary system works right. And, um, we don't have back pain, you know, so it's super important. There are a lot of hands-on techniques that I do. And a lot of PTs do to, uh, reduce it without surgery. There's mm -hmm. exercises breathe again, going back to the breathing, how do you activate your core muscles? Um, and it's really the, the other thing I really stress with all of my clients and it, <clears throat> I think this is the, the hard lesson. And I really have to convince some of it is start basic with the exercises. It's really about, you want to do the exercises well and mm -hmm. properly for maximum benefit, doing crunches, doing planks, doing sit-ups is not going to necessarily help you. It might make it worse. You mm. want to start at the level that your body can successfully, um, stabilize and engage rather than just blowing right by that. Um, this so, something I don't that know women, that sense. yeah, I know that totally makes sense. So can just like on your pelvic floor, can women focus on this during pregnancy to help support no. their core? No. Okay. So it really no. is all about the floor. I mean, yeah. And if anything, I know, I mean, I go to exercise classes and I see pregnant women working on abdominal strength and your, you, I think a little bit of core and ab abdominal work is fine, but, but I wouldn't focus on it. You're not making anything better <laughs> right. for postpartum. You know, I'd say just let the muscles be because the, the tighter, you know, the women who truly split are the ones who, who did have that pack abs prior um, to pregnancy. And they just have all this muscle tone in their abdominal wall. Those people are going to split. Um, those muscles will split for sure. They need the women who are a little softer and have a little bit more of a belly, um, less I, and I don't have numbers on that, you know, so don't quote me, but 
really those, those real fit lean athletes tend to split, um, have a pretty severe diastasis recti, at least in my office who I've seen. So stop doing setups. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if, um, somebody had this issue occur post baby, how, yeah. what are some indicators? How can they tell if this is something they need to address? Right. So there, there is a test that you can do, you know, you really, you lay a couple fingers right above your belly button while you're lying on your back and you just lift your head. And so when you lift your head off the, the ground, your abdominal muscles kick on. And if your fingers sink in, um, then you have a diastasis recti. If only one finger sinks in, you don't, you don't, but if more two or more sink in to kind of a space, um, you probably have a diastasis recti. Um, like I said before that I, um, one of my free resources is, is how to check for diastasis recti. So that's in all those, um, links I gave you, there's one to how to check for diastasis recti and how to start doing some real basic exercises to correct it. So you correct it through proper breathing again, proper exercise. And, um, in some instances, um, some hands-on pelvic, uh, physical therapy. Okay. Awesome. And that link will be included. Just scroll down and you can directly get led to this free resource. Yeah. So thank you for providing that. So last topic, which you write a great blog about this is what you don't know, what you don't know, what you don't know about your postpartum body. And, oh my gosh, let's talk about that. Cause it's a journey for, I think every single woman who has a child to one identify with herself postpartum, right? You are a new person. Yeah, you are not going right. to go back to normal, but then getting over what we said earlier, kind of this, these common things that actually don't need to be common. These stereotypes yeah. that are put on us about like, Oh, you're going to have mom bod mommy tummy. You're going to, you know, have to jump or you're not going to jump without leaking. And you know, in reality, yeah. you can actually address these things. So oh, yeah, all of them. That? Yeah. I, right. And this is that education piece. And it's like, where did you get your information? <laughs> did you get your information from your mom? Did you get your information from your best friend? Like, you know, I, I even listen to women my age, um, whose kids are all, you know, teenagers and they're like, oh, I just, you know, I leak urine. That's just, you know, the mommy badge. And I'm thinking, you guys know what I do, right? <laughs> like to come and see me. Um, but I think the, the common, but not normal issues are, um, yeah, giving up activities that you used to like doing. And we usually give up the activity because of some pain or issue. And we just think I'm a mom now I'm going to just have to deal with this pain. Um, leaking urine is a big one, right? I think, especially if you've torn during childbirth, there's a good chance that initially postpartum, you're going to be dealing with some urinary leakage. I think, um, the things that I see, I, I work with a lot of older women as well. And those ladies after years and years are dealing with a pelvic organ prolapse, which means that the, whether that's the bladder or the uterus or the rectum has actually fallen downward and can actually fall all the way out of the vaginal opening, worst case scenario. So that's a whole other, yeah, that's another topic too, but yeah, our organs are supported by ligaments. If our um, suspending them up, um, the pelvic floor helps support them from below, mm -hmm. but 
if you had a really tough labor and delivery and you pushed and pushed and pushed and you didn't breathe properly and you're bearing down and, and you're pushing, 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 you're pushing baby out. You're putting a lot, you're pushing down on the bladder. You're pushing down on the whole uterus. You're pushing down on the rectum, um, chronic constipation, pushing, pushing, pushing can lead to, to hemorrhoids as well as prolapsing your bladder or your uterus. Like you're pushing on everything when you hold your breath and bear down. So taking, you know, I see like in the course of a day or a week, a whole time span, a whole lifespan of issues from like a pregnant woman to the 80 year old, who's, you know, going to have surgery to have her bladder slung up. Um, and trying to give that information of like that, that, um, future, that possibility look into the future of like these women who, you know, my, my mom or who are moms got none of this. Right. And they are leaking. They're wearing depends. They're resigned to it. And, uh, we just don't have to be, it's like, again, going back to this idea, these are muscles that we can strengthen and rehab just like any other muscle in our body. And it's going to be easier if we do that immediately postpartum, but it's actually never too late either. You know, you could, your kids could be 10, 15, 18, and you could still get a lot out of coming in for pelvic floor PT and gain back, you know, work on things. So you're not leaking. So you don't get, um, you have to wear these undergarments, um, that you can have pleasurable sex. You can, you know, feel good about your body, you know, which I think we all, doesn't matter if you've had a baby, not had a baby, 10 years post baby, we just want to be comfortable in our own skin as we age and go through this thing called life and not have to deal with so many things. So that you feel like you're not in control of. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. So I think, right. I think there, there are things that your body, your body's going to change. And, um, if you want to work on it really hard and get back to that, like, lean little tight little bob that you had prior that's awesome um but i think also embracing some of the new softness about it is is fine too but it's i try to meet people where they're at and what their um you know what their goals are you know there's not one standard which is yes i think and we also need to stop doing that not like nobody's body is the same nobody's pregnancy journey is the same nobody's life journey is the same so realizing you know, you don't have to settle. It doesn't need to be. And I think you just coined this so well. You don't have to wear the mom badge. That does not need to be a thing. You yeah. can. No, you just something. <laughs> right. Right. Don't have to give up those things just because you're a mom now. And that includes like function and control of your body, you know, and how it works. Right. Yeah. I do not want to be, you know, postpartum and not be able to go jump around with my kid because you know I'm weakened or I'm scared I'm wearing a skirt I'm like oh I don't want that to happen (laughs) totally I know and a lot of gosh a lot of people just deal with it they're like oh well you know oh well and I'm like no you don't you just don't have to so (laughs) yeah so yeah it's like so I I want to obviously I love working with people one-on-one. I love when people come into my clinic, but I also wanted to create a lot of resources and classes and the whole series so that people can access it. Because again, a lot of it's education. Um, so it can, it's better done in person one-on-one, but it can also, a lot can be learned, you know, watching, watching something online for an hour, 
I love that. So speaking of that, tell us, you know, I know you obviously see clients one-on-one. Um, do you have, mm-hmm. like, are you seeing new clients? Do you have avail- availability? And what are some other cool things you have available for individuals who want to learn from you? Yeah. So <clears throat> as I mentioned, I have um, a variety of resources. So I have three classes that are all um you have to pay for, you know, purchase them, worry-free labor and delivery, jumpstart your postpartum healing, which is zero to six weeks, and then um, healing once and for all um, postpartum and beyond. So that's the kind of step part two of the postpartum healing for the more advanced um, person, I guess. Um, Then um, in my office, yes, I am taking new patients. I'm in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Um, I am, I am a solo practitioner. It's me who answers the phone, who responds to emails. It's, it's just me. (laughs) And, um, I've worked in big clinics. I've owned a big clinic. I just, I love being on my own and really doing what I want to be doing. I work in a healthcare collective with a lot of other wonderful practitioners. So we offer acupuncture and chiropractic and massage and rolfing and, So I love the environment I work in. Um, and I still do all of my orthopedic PT. I'm just a very hands-on person. I'm not a gym. I don't have, don't come to me if you need to work out for 45 minutes with someone. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to put my hands on you and I'm going to work on correcting whatever imbalances are happening and educate you and teach you how to do proper exercise and give you that for homework. So that's kind of my, that's how I approach things. Um, I want to empower you and make you be a part of, um, active participant in the rehab process, rather than it being a passive thing that you're receiving from me. So there's homework and there's stuff that, you know, we're, we're both participating with. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that approach. I think that is crucial for sustainability and the results that you're looking to obtain, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that for me, PT is, it's not about, I want to teach you and educate you on how to take care of yourself better. doesn't mean you can't come back to me. You know, I, I go and receive PT and public floor PTs from other people. And I'm, I generally manage my stuff pretty well. And then there are times that I'm making a phone call to make an appointment and then they get me back on track and I go about doing my homework and my stuff and I get off track and then I go back to them. So it's fine. Mm. But the idea is, is it's, it's a tool, but it's not a crutch. Ooh, we're going to put that in the show notes. Yeah. It's a tool, not a crutch. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think if we just took that mindset with our health in general, we would be in a different place. So I love right? what you're doing. Love it. Right. So. Exactly. Well, Jen, I, oh my gosh, it's been an hour. Like it's been an hour. See, it happens every time. I'm like shocked at just how the conversation flows. So <laughs> I appreciate I know. everything. Um, as I said, I'll have all the links. So if you're listening, you're in the Wheat Ridge area, or even if you're not, you're just really resonating with what Jen's talking about it. And you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Love it. Love it. Um, you can easily connect with her or schedule an appointment with her if you'd like. And then um, let's finish maybe with just one piece of advice, Jen, you would give to somebody who is about to go on the pregnancy journey. 
That's a, hmm. or two, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, oh gosh, there's so much. And I think, um, I think with, I think there, there's so much in that. So I think that the whole pregnancy journey, um, if someone's pregnant, you know, it's about staying healthy and moving your body. But again, letting go, I enjoyed the feminine aspect of being pregnant. I, I let go of running. I let go of all that stuff. And I just nourished my body and it felt really great. Um, the whole, um, getting pregnant thing is that's so tough too, because we just, we, I think we're all delaying it so much getting pregnant and it's just, it, it makes it sometimes challenging to get pregnant. And I think having the right support system and having the right people out there. And again, the, the parts that you can take care of yourself, reducing stress, um, staying healthy, finding those practitioners in your life that we were talking about, you know, whether it's acupuncture or Chinese herbs or massage or whatever it does that puts you in a space that, that your body can, you know, um, get pregnant, stay pregnant, have a healthy pregnancy. Um, yeah. Mm, love that. I will put that in the notes as well. So you guys can just copy and paste it. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you again, Jen. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, this was such great information. I say it every episode and I'm going to say it again. Please share this episode, text it to a friend or even better post it on social media and tag us. So we can just continue to share the knowledge and expand others to this information that's out there. So as always, thank you for listening and have a magical day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'd love to connect with you. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram to be entered in to $50 Amazon gift card. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and don't forget to glow like you're meant to. Have a fabulous week.